0: Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus
1: and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in.
0: Our scripture for today is Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen.
1: We're in a series we're calling Songs for this season. And uh, you know we, we've been looking at songs in Luke's gospel. Uh, as he tells the story of the birth of Jesus, uh, he, he includes four uh, s- songs in this moment. And we've looked at a couple. One was Mary really familiar one. Uh, Last week was Zechariah as he prepared, uh, responded to the news of John the Baptist's arrival, his son John, whom we know as John the Baptist. Um, And this morning takes us to the other side of the birth of Jesus. So uh, you're like, well, this is a a little premature. You know, Christmas Eve hasn't come, I know, uh, but it's okay. Uh, But today takes us to this moment just after his birth and the announcement of his arrival, Jesus' arrival to the shepherds and the angels in this moment breaking forth in song, I asked Micah to read it with holding a blanket so that you would get, get echoes of uh, Charlie Brown. This is the passage Linus reads, uh, but he obviously didn't do that, so uh, give him a hard time afterwards. But um, uh, So this is normally the moment we sort of have a conversation, but as we step into our passage, I, I'm going to take a different approach and ask you to play a, a little game with me. Um, maybe you remember, I don't know if you guys, any of you guys like grow up on Sesame Street? yeah all right <laughs> just act like two of us all right um, not even me. I was kind of more mr. Rogers side of things, but uh, maybe you will remember this exercise it was it was a it was, it was a something along the lines of uh, one of these things is not like the other to quote uh, Taylor Swift among others so um, I'll try not to sing it, but uh, you, you remember the game Sesame Street did this song where it's like you know uh, here's a, here's a collection of objects and one of them doesn't belong. You guys, does this sound familiar? So maybe you can try it with me here. I think I have a picture, uh, and this is a, I'm going to be a little tricky this morning. But one of these objects is not like the other. Anybody? Which one would you? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah? You could go a couple different places, right? So this is intentionally misleading, right? What's, what, anybody can identify one? You can just talk to me. Not food. The coffee is not food. It doesn't belong. Anyone want to argue for a different position? Yes, right? The, the The bun with no hole, right? So I'll let you guys duke it out after service. Say again? A hamburger bun is not breakfast. All right, coffee, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yep, it's a square. Uh, uh, Aaron pointed out that the donut is without specks or speckles. Well, there'll be a, a uh, you guys can all arm wrestle for whose position is the strongest after service. Uh, I have another one here. So one of these objects is not like the other. Uh, anyone? Because like, this is beneath my level of intelligence, Matt. <laughs> I refuse to play this game with you. Uh, anyone? real quick? One is blue, yes? One has the, how's that, alphanumeric? Is that the word we're looking for there? The, the number five instead of dots? Say again? One is smaller, that one doesn't belong. You guys are like, okay, okay, moving along. All right, we'll do one more, maybe. I think I have one more uh, here. Anyone? Oh, yeah, not getting anything fast, you guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> one is red. You, you get the idea, right? Do You guys remember this game? We, we play with children. We read books. And uh, Sesame Street, kind of the classic one, if you YouTube it, you know, they're singing the song. there will be like three red shoes and one red rain boot, right? And uh, I, I get this feeling. Uh, when I read or hear the Christmas story as it was read to us this morning, this song, uh, as it's given to us in Luke chapter 2, uh, it sort of s- strikes me with a little bit of the same sensation. One of these things is not like the other. It, it brings together things that I think on the surface, I don't, I don't tend to think they kind of fit uh, together and let's take the song at the heart of the the bit of the passage that we read this morning the angels have announced to the shepherds don't be afraid the glory of God is shining around them and then the break forth break forth the host breaks forth into this song glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased we we have the uh, uh along those same lines we we took the girls to a Christmas concert this week and uh, uh, it was a sort of a collaborative group of musicians. And one, uh, one set was a little group called, I think it was uh, the Arcadian Wild, and it was kind of a bluegrass adjacent genre of music, you know, and the mandolins and stuff. It was really fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It was like three hours long and my kids were like, oh, right. Uh, but they did enjoy, uh, they did enjoy uh, aspects of it. But at one point during that performance, you guys know how the music works, right? That uh, the time signature might change in the song. You might switch keys or there'd be a hard break and they'd come in with a slightly different sort of feel, but all a part of the same song. And at one point, one of my kids looked at me, she's like, is this the same song? Right? There's confusion. Like what, well, what's happening? I'm like, well, well, yes, yes, it it is. It's, it's the same song, maybe a variation on on the theme, but but this is this is the same song, and that same kind of feeling. I feel like as as we bump into this particular song of the season, uh, the angels' announcement uh, to the shepherds, it, it it hits that same sort of feeling in me. Is, are we still singing the same song? Do these things kind of go uh, together? So this is how I, I want to invite you. Uh, for good or ill into that feeling with me okay and, and we're going to just look at the song and in, 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 with a couple of different uh, a couple of um, spaces where I think we maybe see that tension and the first one is in the, the the announcement in the song right it begins glory to God in the highest and on earth peace so right off the bat we're struck with, the, with this sort of we've brought together glory and peace and heaven and earth Right, right off into the heart of this song, right? glory to God in the highest, in the heavens, glory to God in the highest, and then this sort of other half of the couplet, and on earth, peace, uh, peace on earth. Again, so right from the, the get-go, you're like, well, maybe these things don't belong together, one of these things doesn't seem to belong here, and yet in the announcement uh, of Jesus' arrival on the earth, God with us brings together glory and peace uh, and heaven and Earth glory is is an enormous word in Scripture, and the story of Scripture all the way back to the beginning of God's work in His people. It is it is a when you you might call a thick word. It's it's robust and resonant. It, it 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 just sort of reverberates throughout Scripture. God's glory. You might think of moments like His glory resting on the face of Moses at Mount Sinai, such that when He returned to His people, they had to veil His face to sort of um, uh, limit the effects of. Of, of that glory and it's diminishing the longer he's sort of removed himself from the mountain or, or maybe maybe we think of you know that image of the cloud the glory of God kind of resting with uh, his people residing in the temple as the story of God's people continues throughout the Old Testament glory is a it's a it's a it's an enormous word God's presence his glorious presence with his people. And, and the song begins, glory to God uh, in, in the highest. His glory in the story shining around the hosts, the heavens. But, but what's the reason for the celebration, the proclamation in this song this morning? Why, why, uh, why the this, this song? Well, it's interesting. It's precisely because that glory is, is finding expression uh, in, in the lowest, Right, that glory is, is now being pulled into, uh, out of the heavens and into the earth, and its effect in the earth is, is, is peace. It's, it's God's presence, his glory now being sort of revealed, perhaps in not a way we would anticipate, but in the lowest of places. Um, G.K. Chesterton is uh, lots of fun stuff if you're familiar with this writing from a few years back and uh, it, it wrote a, uh, a poem that was included in a collection of Advent uh, poems. and the title of his was Gloria Profundus, right But Gloria hit the song here, which we'll sing in just a moment, the song in our reading. and then Profundus this, this in the lowest, from the depths. But this is this beautiful couplet in, in, in his poem that I think speaks to this feeling, this tension of God's glory now finding expression on the earth uh, in, in, through uh, peace. He says, outrushing the fall of man is the height of the fall of God. And this, this beautiful image that, that glory so often associated with sort of the lines have been drawn, uh, the places in which it was to reside. It had been assigned to the temple. God's glory, God's presence had been assigned to particular places, and now it's showing up in a farm in the birth of his son, Jesus, God's glory, as, as Chesterton so sort of provocatively puts it, uh, outrushing the fall of man, coming to be with uh, us as we are, as Kristen prayed for us this morning. I, I think that holding these two together in this song has all sorts of implications for how we think about status, and how we think about holiness, and uh, value purity all those kinds of things that oftentimes we like to talk about with maybe slightly more secular language but we're still sort of all playing those games of of performance and worth and value and here in this song uh, bringing these things that don't seem necessarily to fit God's glory in the highest now in the lowest I think it has implications for you and me but glory, you're like, okay, glory, God. But also peace, he kind of brings it together. Glory in the heavens, now peace uh, on earth. Peace, again, in Scripture is another huge word. It's just, again, it's it's it, it reverberates throughout the pages of Scripture. It's not just the kind of absence of like... Uh, difficulty. It is this really holistic um, working out of justice and healing and, and wellness and, and, and wholeness in a sense that, that uh, runs uh, deep and, and out on behalf of uh, those who have been um, mistreated. Peace is, is, again, a very, very um, potent word uh, in the story of Scripture. And here it's being sung, declared, proclaimed on earth. God's glory in the heavens is being linked with the expression of peace on earth. It's a, it's a theme that has marked. Uh, The story all throughout the pages of Scripture, Isaiah, as we've considered, holds up these things. Uh, He brings together these seemingly sort of um, objects that don't maybe belong in the same uh, grouping, that the hope of God's intervention and action in the world would be marked by by his glory coming to be with his people and then expressed through peace, justice. It's, again, a, a resonant word, not just in Scripture, but even in culture. The, the, the culture and context of the story of Jesus, right? Rome, the emperors had worked their own kind of peace. It had, in a sense, uh, through the glory of Rome, brought the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana. The, they, they had worked, uh, oftentimes through violence, to establish a kind of peace. And now here, the angels are singing, well, here's a different kind of glory. God's glory in the heavens, showing up on earth, and it's going to work a different kind of peace through a baby, here born well outside the courts of emperors and those in positions of power and at this baby's birth an announcement peace on earth. At the risk of permanently ruining your view of the Christmas story, uh, this moment also takes me to another cultural reference from the office and uh, I'm going to share it and hopefully you survive. Um, but but I read this announcement right. The angels show up. Uh, they they show up to the angels at the birth of Jesus again, right? The birth of Jesus, well outside of the halls of power, and at his birth, peace on earth. It, it feels like maybe you remember the episode. Uh, the, the 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 lead character, Michael Scott, the manager of the office. Uh, has fallen uh, personally on hard and financial times. You guys remember this moment, and and uh, he's getting some counsel from the accountants, like, "What what what am I going to do?" And uh, you know, you might have to, you know, declare bankruptcy. And he steps out into the office, and, and he gets everyone's attention. He says, "I declare bankruptcy." bankruptcy right? <laughs> Everyone kind of laughs. It's like, uh, that, that's not how it works." Right? And, and I hear sometimes I, I I hear this story. It feels like. It feels like that. The angels show up in the middle of the, the, the fields with the shepherds and, and, and peace on earth. And, and, and the, the human heart in me that, that, uh, that knows the rest of that story and all the intervening years since, I'm like, it, just, that, it, doesn't, it can't possibly work that way. I mean, look at the world then and now, and and all that's happened in between. Read the headlines this week, right? It just feels like God just kind of walked out into the office and said, "Peace on earth," and and the rest of us are kind of left like, "I, I, I don't." What do you mean? But I wonder if if that isn't exactly the point of the song as we hear it this morning. All of our attempts to wield glory and power and strength to work whatever kind of peace we can manufacture and. And accomplish, and yet here is God and His glory showing up in the humility of of a baby, to work His peace on earth, beginning with shepherds and following it all the way through to the cross. Prompting you and me and everyone who has read the story since then, it can't possibly work this way. These objects do not belong together. Peace and glory, heaven and earth, is one space of tension. I perceive here, but I, I, I want to draw us to one more. Speaking of the shepherds, I, I want us to consider the, re, the recipients of this message this morning. And if we were going to sort of hold two things in tension, they're not in the song, but, but we've alluded to them already, and that's shepherds and Caesars. That the beginning of Luke chapter two, the beginning of this, uh, this particular moment of the birth of Jesus begins with sort of a time mark or an announcement of, of the Caesar's leadership. But, but we find that as the story unfolds, that the, the context for this announcement of God's intervention in the world is not Caesar's. It is instead shepherds working the night shift in the fields. Right, it's important for us, I think, to consider as it's given to us in the song, "Peace on earth, among those, right, among those to whom God's favor is directed, among those uh, with whom God is pleased." Which begs the question: well, 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 With whom is He pleased in this passage? Right, we've we've bumped into sort of political leaders in in Luke two, uh, halls of power, all, all that kind of stuff. But but here in this one, we find the direction of His favor and His grace is towards shepherds, where we started with a Caesar. We we end up, and I just, I can't say Caesar, not think of like little Caesars, which again is probably going to ruin the Christmas story. But um, anyway, I shouldn't have said that part out loud. We end up with, with shepherds, and which, which thinking of the shepherds here, it takes me back to a question we considered last week, a question that runs through the season of Advent, the question of readiness, preparing our hearts. Are we ready? We saw it last week, you know, the admission that we kind of go through life, we get caught up, life builds up, and and we kind of lose sight of the bigger story that God has at work in the world, here and now, there and then, in your life, but also much more broadly, even though perhaps sometimes it's hard for us to see. But at the heart of that experience was was, uh, the question of readiness, and Zechariah being in a sense not ready when the angel showed up and said, God's going to intervene in your life and, and not ready. Uh, I think that same kind of feeling happens here. Again, it's we' uh, it's not explicit on the surface of the reading here, but but you get the sense. I think particularly as Luke presents the rest of his gospel, uh, that, that that we see the shepherds specifically as characters, as people who were not ready, right? They were not in church. They weren't at a Bible study or a life together group. They weren't at Sunday school, uh, right? These guys are not pillars of the community. Um, they, they are, if, if we sort of take them in their cultural context, kind of, like again, night shift, low paying, working a dangerous job, a tedious job, uh, folks whose job had kind of pushed them to the margins of of the tight-knit community of their day, right? But by nature of sort of having to, to uh, the transitory nature of their work and caring for their flock. Again, it takes me to the who and Baba O'Reilly, Teenage Wasteland, anyone? right out here in the fields i fight for my meals no nobody i get my back into my living okay well teenage wasteland okay well, well maybe not uh then we'll just set that reference aside but but i i, I do think it, it it raises the the feeling of like the, the shepherds are in this story precisely as people who were not ready right who who, who were on the fringes of communities outsiders overlooked unimportant if you will s- sinners and, and, and their presence in the story picks up a theme that, that uh, we heard way back in Mary's song. as she's sang about uh, the contrast of those who were enthroned and those who were lowly and the implications of the songs of the season for those people. And here we see it lived, expressed in, 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 the, in the grace-filled truth that God would announce his arrival uh, to shepherds that this would be the place of God's good news, that his good news, again, it, it won't be contained, right? Lest we try to sort of contain or constrain it, uh, the angels make clear this is going to be good news of great joy f- that will be for all people, right? He makes that clear. But, but, but we do see a specific sort of nudge in the direction of God's favor here. It's towards those who were precisely not ready, which I, I think should give each of us a bit of hope maybe brings me to the sort of last tension in this story, in this passage. And that is the sort of conflicting experiences of fear and and joy. Glory and peace, heaven and earth, shepherds and Caesars, the songs of this season, but also now their response, uh, fear and joy. The shepherds sort of uh, responding in this moment. And uh, initially, you see it in in the story, That initially, you know, they they were afraid. Again, who who wouldn't be? But by the end of the story, that fear uh, giving way, and certainly they didn't know the implications or understand all the nuances of what this moment would mean, but that fear giving way to an expression of joy. Shepherds who, again, included precisely because they were not Caesars which I think uh, takes me back to the office, right? I, I, I think that the nudge of this particular song and this story is that we are the ones who declare bankruptcy. That the, the story of the Christmas season is to throw our lot in with the shepherds, right? It's for us to declare our own bankruptcy that we like them are not ready we are a mixed bag we we are a mixture you me perhaps of some joy and purpose but probably a, a pile of regret or disappointment or failure maybe even scandal right we are bankrupt on our own we are bankrupt and yet god shows up jesus is born and announces peace good news for the world, yes, but as Kristen reminded us, also for you. God's glory, bringing his peace in the midst of our bankruptcy. The result, the effect of that is joy. Joy will mark our benediction this morning as we dismiss in just a few moments, but it is not a joy that we manufacture it is it is a joy by which we are we are buoyed a, a, a joy that holds us up uh, that is god's gift to give we 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 uh, i think i hear in this joy echoes of what dave read for us as as we lit the candle uh, oh, isaiah Uh, In that moment, I think giving expression to what we will see witnessed, right, that the shepherds would return along the way back uh, home for them glorifying, singing, praising God for all that they'd heard and seen. Echoes of the promise from Isaiah that we would return. Uh, Isaiah, who gives us this promise, uh, in the previous chapters described the desert wasteland. And yet in chapter 35 of Isaiah, when God shows up, his presence in the midst of that desert, it it flourishes with life. And he says, people will return along that desert, dangerous desert road with halos of joy encircling their heads, welcomed home with gifts of joy, gladness, sorrows and sighs scurrying into the night. Gladness and joy will overtake them sorrow and sighing will flee away it feels like the cringe. there's a moment in the movie yesterday I know it's full of sentimentality but indulge me a moment when if you've seen the latest iteration of this story Cindy Lou, right, trying to pull, and maybe in a gospel sort of move, trying to pull the Grinch from the fringe, right, into community, welcoming him by an act of uh, grace from the outside. Even through his attempts at repentance, still feeling uh, on the outside, Cindy Lou pulling him in. And in uh, the course of their interaction says to him, right, if you close your eyes and just listen to the song that we will sing, your sadness will, will melt away, she says, Feels like the carol we sang this morning. In despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. Hate is strong, mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Lines wh- that resonate still today. But then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does He sleep. Wrong will fail, right prevail with peace on earth and good will toward men will you pray with me thank you for listening to the park city church podcast to learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc